From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy showing for Wednesday, uh, the 5th of September, 2018. The NFL season starts literally 23 hours and 57 minutes from now. 8.20 is that kick. 8.23 as we record this. We welcome in Mr. Danny Flecka to look at the betting angle of week one. Good evening. All right, I, I'm I'm good. I don't want to go Francesca Russo on you and not give you an answer on that. Um, we have a one and a half point deal tomorrow night with Philly being uh, favored. Um, I don't know. If, I'm I'm not sure if you want to look at Week One overall just as a thing, or if you want to look at it strictly from from a betting perspective. But um, fifty one, uh, sorry, uh, one 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 and a half is the line, and forty five is the total over under. You bet really comes down to how you analyze the teams that are playing. But this game was interesting when it came out. It caught my eye a long time ago. Uh, it opened up at the think minus three Philly. That news came down the last couple of days that went wasn't going to be playing. That Jeffrey was out. I think they're still out. Peters. And you know, if you look at the Eagles from a preseason perspective, they look like garbage. So you know, the money has been coming in on Atlanta pushing down the line, but still giving the Eagles uh, the edge at home. You know, whenever a line, I think, is under three points, you got to, whatever team you're, you're taking, you, you think it's going to win by, you know, at least a touchdown. So, I've been on Atlanta in this game for a number of different reasons, and one is that I think Phil did regret back to the mean in all other school categories. Uh, they have some good depth on the D-line, but I've always been a little bit questionable uh, on their linebacker and secondary play. Uh, Atlanta has the speed on the outside to take advantage of that. They played them tough in the playoffs. It was a sloppy game. I do anticipate a, a, a very similar game, pretty sloppy. It's the first game of the season. A lot of emotion on the Philadelphia side, you know, coming off the Super Bowl win, but, you know, emotion can only take you so far, you know, in, in these types of games. And I think Atlanta's going to win this game. I, I, if I'm betting, you know, the over-under, I'd probably take the under just because it's the first game of the season and, and things tend to get a little sloppy. But, uh, you know, last year we did see a slot fest and 45 points scored by the, the road team last year, you know, in this Thursday night opening game. But I'm on Atlanta. Take, you know, take the point. And if you want to take them straight up on the money line, I do that. I think they have the better team Tomorrow, we know today the better team down the road, but I do like what they. Uh, the the largest line is the Saints over the Bucks nine and a half um, point favorites for the Saints. That has to be because Jameis Winston's out, correct? Yeah, I think if Jameis was playing, I still think that line would be around like seven and a half or so. Um, New Orleans at home. Uh, tough place for them to play. Tampa Bay has gotten run over there the last couple of years they played there. I think that the one thing you have to worry about if you're betting on this game is uh, that scenario where Tampa's driving. You know, there's two ways to look at it. If Tampa's driving, maybe down by 13 or so, and they have a backdoor cover, um, or they have that that. You know, the game's closed, they're down by six or seven, and then Fitzpatrick, as he's known to do, fumbles or throws a pick six or whatever it might be, and then it flips 
looking towards the same play. If I'm betting on this game, I'm staying away. I probably look at something more along the over/under. Uh, think that has anything that'd be advantageous, you know, to me. But if I, you know, put money on it, okay, but I think I'd lean towards the Saints just because they're the better team in every single aspect of, uh, of that game. And um, at home, you know, they, they tend to put teams away, and they tend to do it fairly early too. Forty-nine and a half is the over/under there. Um, why is the Jets Lions line six and a half? That would seem. I mean, if look, a lot of people don't know what Sam Darnold's going to be against non-vanilla defenses, but the Jets uh, were a borderline playoff team last year. That you can argue they've they've only improved. Um, McCown's there if 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 Darnold struggles. Six and a half seems like a big line for that game against a Detroit team that has, that, that has consistently underwhelmed. Yeah, I think uh, that line's a little too high. I think it should be more around like four and a half or so. Um, the one thing that I think the Jets have in their favor here is the Lions just haven't had a run game in years. And if the Jets can force them to air it out and keep the game close, you know, on the other end by uh, running the ball, timely start down conversion, converting in the red zone. I think this game could be close. I I tend to go against rookie quarterbacks, uh, especially on the road, but I, I just are one of the sneaky good value picks last year, especially the first 10 or 11 games of the season when they were competing and McCown was their quarterback. They covered in some really big games, and um, I think the only game that they didn't cover the first couple of weeks was against the Bills opening day, and that was a push. So, I mean, they, they had some good coverage last year. Like you mentioned, they improved. If I had to look at the value in this game, I, you know, I'd go towards the Jets. But I think I'd still stay away from this game just so I can see how Darnold is. And especially uh, how if that defense and secondary can hold up against a team that you know is going to throw it at least 35 to 40 times a game. Talking about Danny, uh, talking to Danny Flecker, previewing NFL Week One uh, from both a football and a betting perspective. Um, the other line that that stuck out to me here is the Vikings are six point favorites against the 49ers, um, against literally the hottest quarterback in football um, as of you know Week Seventeen last year, and against Kirk Cousins with a new team on uncertain future. Is that a halfway across the country deal there? Why is that line six? The Vikings, if you look back the last like three or four years against the spread, they are one of the best teams to bet with. They, um, I think last year were ten and six in the regular season against the spread. The year before that, they were uh, you know eleven and five. And that year that they lost to Seattle in uh, in Minnesota in that playoff game, they were fourteen and three against the spread. They present really good value, especially at home. That defense is fast. They're going to get, you know, I think to Jimmy a, a little bit. I, you know, I know that Garoppolo ended strong last year, but he's going against, you know, a tough defense at home. Zimmer always disguises his looks. I mean, look at what they've done to Aaron Rodgers when he goes to Minnesota. I think that's a really tough game for the 49ers to open up against. Their defense is a question mark, and, you know, Despite what Cousins did in the preseason, you look at the weapons they have on offense there with Cook, Diggs, Thielen, Rudolph. Um, this, that game has a chance to get ugly and ugly real fast if the 49ers don't keep it close early on. I think that line, 
about right. Maybe it should be around six or five and a half, but, you know, my money would be on Minnesota in that game. They're uh, a wagon uh, at home against the spread, and I think they can win that game by a touchdown or more if they, you know, if everything clicks for them. Closest line is Redskins-Cardinals, which is one, exactly the number one. Um, what What's the deal with I mean, that? that that's basically going to toss-up game with Trump, which from a football perspective. You have a new quarterback in Arizona, new, new quarterback in Washington, and Alex Smith. Uh, is that basically, I mean, t- t- to me, from a football perspective, looking at that game, it's a toss-up. Redskins traveling across the country. Is that kind of why it's a toss-up? One of my value picks of the week and, and a game that I'm going in on. Um, I love Washington in this game. They have a good D-line. Arizona's offensive line is their biggest weakness. Uh, there's only so much that David Johnson can do. Sam Bradford is their quarterback, and we always know what type of injury risk he is. Washington has a, a good, good defensive line that no one talks about. You know, the two guys there from Alabama there in the middle, Kerrigan, a very underrated speed rusher. And, you know, Josh Norman on the other end, you know, holding down their number one wide receiver. You know, and in Arizona, I look at their weapons outside Johnson. Yeah, you have Fitzgerald, but he does most of his damage underneath um, on drag routes and slants. And other than that, there's rookies everywhere, and they have a new head coach. So that game, to me, it has Washington written all over it. You know, it'll probably look stupid on Monday when Arizona beats them, but I really like what Washington can do against that Arizona team from the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, on offense, I know they have Alex Smith, but he's, you know, he's not much different than Kirk Cousins. I don't think the playbook that John uh, Jay Gruden has really changed that much. And um, they have some sneaky good weapons, you know, that no one really talks about with, like, Jamison Crowder, Chris Thompson. Um, you know, Paul Richardson, I think, is going to be a good wide receiver in that system. And then if you can get anything from Doxson, you know, on the other side, you know, you're looking at a, a very balanced offense. And then Jordan Reed, you know, if he can stay, ever, ever stay healthy, what he can bring to the table for that offense. So I really like uh, Washington in that game, and that's a game that I would, you know, throw my money down on, and I, I probably am. I just I really think that when a line is like that, you look at the better team and, and you go with that, and that's Washington in this case. Let's talk some over-unders. Uh, we've got the, the highest over-under is Texans-Patriots. It's 51. Um, is that a is that because the Patriots' defense um, isn't exactly the best defense in football? Or is that more that, that Tom Brady will just go nuts even with, with not all his playmakers? With a line, with an over-under like 51, you're, you're looking at at least the score being around like 27-24, uh, and the Patriots score at least you know 28 points, you know, which they do pretty consistently at home. The one thing that, I, that scares me about that game is that Houston's defense is usually tends to match up pretty well against them. Um, the last couple times they've played New England, they haven't had Watts, or they haven't had Merciless, or they haven't had some guy that, you know, could really make a difference in that game for them. And, you know, this is the first game of the season. J.J. Watt should be playing. Clowney's playing. Merciless is playing. Over here, they got Tyron Matthew back there, and their corners are pretty good. I think this game is going to be a grinded-out game for both teams. I think it's going to be, you know, a game in the mid-20s just because of the efficiency of the offense that New England runs. If I had to take 
you know, the over or under, I'd probably take the over just because it's the Pats and we know how, much, how many points they're going to score. And we know that if you're going to beat the Pats, you have to score at least 30 points too. So, um, But that, that game to me is uh, a tough game to call either way. But I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and I think it's probably going to come down to a last-second field goal. Conversely, uh, the Bills-Ravens game is a huge line for, for the Ravens, seven-point favorites, yet the over-under is 40-and-a-half. Is that a testament to Nathan Peterman being atrocious and Joe Flacco being overrated? <laughs> I, think it's, uh, I think a little bit is that Peterman is atrocious, and the Buffalo will be lucky to score 20 points. Baltimore is a good defense, and the second part of it is I think that the, the Ravens, if they get out to a big lead, they're not going to really push, you know, you know, push it. They they may be comfortable winning twenty one nothing or twenty eight nothing or whatever it's going to be. I don't really see them running up the score. And Baltimore usually isn't a high scoring team to begin with. So 40, 40 sounds about right, but I t- probably think the under net games because I don't know if Buffalo can even muster up thirteen points in that in that game. Four and a half is the current line as of when I printed this for Steelers Browns. Uh, it does not look like Le'Veon Bell will be there, and. Um, the Browns fans claim that they're an improved team. Uh, if Bell's not there, would you stay away from that game, even if, if, if the line stays four and a half for the Steelers? Well, the one reason why I'd stay away is because Ben Roethlisberger is atrocious on the road. His splits are drastically different, and it's concerning if you're better when you take the Steelers. They're a very uh, public team. The public is going to look at that line and they're jump all over it. Because it is Cleveland and uh, it is the Steelers, and you know you have Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and you, you think that the Steelers are just going to destroy the Browns. That that game to me, I think, is one of those other games we just talked about, like Tampa. You know, the backdoor covers you have to be aware of in that game. They did it last year, Cleveland, in the first game of the season to the Pittsburghs. I think the spread last year was like nine and a half. Pittsburgh was like winning by thirteen points, and they let Cleveland score a late touchdown, and there went that. So. Zach, you might stay away from just because of that potential and plus Ben Roethlisberger inability every year not to play well on the road really doesn't do doesn't bode well if you're a better. Plus, I want to see what they look like with a new defense, defensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator. Things are going to be a little bit different, and uh, you know the Browns may be improved. They're not going to win the game, but uh, from a betting side of things, I'd probably stay away from it. Um, let's go to your game. Uh, Jags three three point favorites on the road, on the road, over the Giants forty three and a half being the over under. Surprised at that line and surprised that that people are, that 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 Vegas is thinking so highly of the Jags one season after the best run basically in franchise history. Not really. I think that line's about right. If that game was in Jacksonville, the line would probably be like six or, or seven. So that you know they accounted for the road game and. Um, the, the, the thing that scares me about that game from a betting side is I think that's going to be an ugly, ugly game. I think, you know, from the offensive side of things, the Giants have the skill players to take it to any team in the league, but they are going against probably one of the best defenses in the league. So that kind of negates itself there. Then throw on top of that that Jacksonville, who knows who's going to play wide receiver for them. So. You know, I think if I am a better, I'm staying away from that game. That game does have, like, push written all over it. And 
you know, no one wins in that scenario. So I, I'd stay away from that if I were a better. But the line sounds about right, but there's definitely other value that you can find out there this week. As a Giant fan, how, how do you look at that game? I look at it, if they can keep it close, then anything can happen. But I, I think Jacksonville does prevail on that game just because uh, of that defense. And we know that, that Eli tends to struggle against teams with, you know, good interior line play. And I, I want to see how that offensive line holds up against, you know, guys like Blaze Campbell, Dante Fowler. Um, that other defensive end they have, I can't pronounce his name, but he's, he's a beast and you know, they have two shutdown corners, so I think this might be a game where Evan Ingram and Bar- uh, Barkley got to take over maybe un- underneath, but I-, I think the Jags are going to win that game. They just have a better defense at the end of the day, and unless the Giants can, can force a lot of turnovers and get some short fields, it's going to be tough for them, I think, to consistently move the ball. Are you still sticking with your 6-10 and 10 prediction for, for the Giants this year? I mean, it, it can go either way, but... I think they can be sneaky good, but a lot of it depends on how they approach the season at the beginning. They have a tough slate to open up. I think they open up Jacksonville, Dallas, Houston, New Orleans. That's hard. And if they can get out of there two and two, then maybe I can see them doing something. You know, during a regular se- during the regular season, maybe competing for a playoff spot. But if they get out of that stretch zero and four, one and three, it's going to be tougher than to climb out of that. Uh, my my dad predicted two and fourteen for the Jets the other day, half jokingly. So as you can see, optimism reigns in this house. Um, I have not made my official Jets record prediction yet, but it will not be two and fourteen. I think this team is a borderline playoff team. So anything else from Week One that you want to talk about that we haven't? Man, I just brought some more value picks that I think I take. You know, if I'm looking at around some money, I really like Cincinnati and Indianapolis. Um, I really like Tennessee against Miami, and if you're looking for some uh, some other options, Denver at home against Seattle. I saw a stat today that Seattle is three and fifteen against the spread um, in September since like 2011. So uh, that's a tough sell for me if I'm looking to take Seattle. And Denver at home is always a good value. And then you can look at the Rams too on the road against Oakland. I just think Oakland's a mess. I, I don't know what what they are trying to do over there and the Rams offense is I, I think going to have its way especially now that Khalil Mack is officially out of Oakland um, Speaking of, of of Oakland how do you think John Gruden does in year one back in the NFL? I think I think the Raiders are doomed this year they just don't have enough depth at key spots I think they compete with, with the AFC West let alone make the playoffs and on top of that you're looking at a new system for a quarterback that had his struggles last year and maybe might have been a flash in the pan, and you're looking for Marshawn Lynch to be able to, to get you a 1,000 yards in the season and Amari Cooper to bounce back. I think it's going to be tough for the Raiders to get to 6-10. and 10. Uh, Thank you, sir, as always, for coming on Teeing It Up. We look forward to week one, which starts tomorrow at 8.20 on NBC. Uh, any last words, Danny Flecker, for the betting world out there? Wow, let's get it going. I'm excited. I, I couldn't help myself. I had to throw down on that game tomorrow because I've been waiting too long. <laughs> and why did you have to bring up Ryan Fitzpatrick nightmares for me? Hey, when you're a better, you look at trends and, and past uh, behaviors, and Fitzpatrick is a, a gunslinger, so, you know, he, he's, he's bound throw a stupid pass at some point in that game that will result in a touchdown for the Saints. So, 
Uh, I'm going to take that, my odds with that, and him keeping it close. I I don't bet, but uh, yeah, Fitz is not a smart bet. Thank you, sir. No problem, man. Have a good night. You got it, and thank you all for listening to Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling.